me, uh, <clears throat> as, we're, as we're getting ready to get started, let, let me say a couple things uh, before we get into our Bible lesson tonight. As I mentioned, you know, the governor said, hey, I want you to be staying at home, and I hope that you are taking that seriously. I hope that you're doing your best to stay safe, uh, to be a good neighbor, and have as little physical interaction with other people as possible. I'll tell you this, uh, the church office is still open, but we are being very careful to distance ourselves from each other. It's just me and Robbie and Aloha, but uh, we're pretty well spread out through the office. And when we do cross paths, when we do talk, we, we try to keep that distance. And um, I'll be real honest, for an introvert like me, this is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like my wheelhouse. All you extroverts out there, us introverts, we've been living in your world all this time. Now you're finally living in our world. And so, you know, I hope you get a, a taste of it. Uh, and I hope you realize it's not all that bad. My daughter, when she was just a little kid, who is still incredibly extroverted, when she would misbehave, we were, you know, kind of trying to come up with ways to uh, discipliner. And so with my daughter, who's the oldest, Maggie, we tell her, Maggie, go get on your bed. And she'd be like, on my bed? Yeah, just go sit on your bed till you're happy. All by myself? Yeah, all by yourself. And she'd immediately start crying, say, I'm happy now. No, you're not happy. Go get on your bed until you're happy. And she hated being alone. Then our two boys came along and we'd say, go get on your bed till you're happy. Like five hours later, Martha and I'd be like, uh, where's Will? I don't know. I, I haven't seen him. I thought he's with you. Is he still on his bed? And we'd go back there and he'd be on his bed playing. He's happy. Hey, Will, sorry, get off your bed. And he didn't care. So, uh, yeah, all us introverts, you know, to, to be told, stay away from people. I can do that. Having said that, I miss my church family. I really miss seeing you, and I miss us being together. Um, this, is, this is the longest I have ever gone in my life without not being with my church family somewhere. Uh, you know, I've just been blessed to have a pretty healthy life, um, and I don't think I've ever gone three weeks without physically going to church somewhere. And it just kind of messes with you, and it just sort of messes up my week. And um, I miss it. Uh, and, and I miss seeing uh, all of you. And I miss, as I said, the smiles and, and the hug. Thinking about, uh, there's so many people who have joined about us reading the comments. Okay. I'm going to repeat since it is now just a little after seven and several more people have jumped on. Let us know that you're here. Uh, comment that you're watching. Um, and if you have a thought during uh, the, the class, be sure and write that down. Write it in the, in, the, uh, in the comments. I might not respond in real time. I certainly won't. I am not that good at uh, um, multitasking to that extent. But we'll certainly read them and be, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it'll open up a dialogue uh, online in the comments section. So, and, uh, of course, everybody else that's watching and watching the comments will be able to read your, your statement and comments and thoughts as well. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and get a Bible. We are going to look at some teachings of Jesus in this class that we're calling, That's What He Said. 
Again, in times like these, if I'm going to listen to somebody, I just assume listen to Jesus. So we're going to take a look at a lesson that Jesus taught out of Luke chapter 5. I know last week I didn't keep repeating my text, uh, the passage, and I know several people sort of showed up a little bit late and said, I don't know where you are in the Bible. So, hey, Martha, how about posting Luke chapter 5 is our text? Um, and I'll try to keep remembering to, to, to mention that as well. Um, so get a Bible. Uh, just like, you know, any other class, try to separate some distractions. Maybe turn the television off or however you can do that in your own home. Try to remove yourself from distractions. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm here in my house tonight. I sort of struggled on where to set my laptop up. I've watched an awful lot of online things before, and I see some backgrounds that people use, and I'm thinking, wow, he went to a lot of effort to stage that. You know, that has to be arranged just right. And then I also see some guys, and I'm like, is this guy, like, in his garage somewhere? <laughs> Did he not see what everyone else is seeing? So, um I've got a background as, like I said, the big clock tonight. So um, try not to watch that. Be distracted by the big clock tonight. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. And I want to start with prayer. So let's pray. Father, as we meet together in this very different way, we know that you're with us. And uh, you never pay attention to buildings. You pay attention to hearts. And I pray that you would be in tune with our heart, and I pray that we would be in tune with your heart as well tonight as we open up your word and just share some thoughts together. And I pray that you'd bless us, and I pray that you continue to bless uh, our nation and our entire world as we're dealing with this virus. Would you step in and, um, and heal those who need healing and enable those who need enabling to bring an end to this? Help us be wise as we're dealing with our own families and our own lives. And help us also to realize that we're still members of the kingdom and that we are looking for opportunities to share Jesus. It's his name that I pray. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 5 is where we are going to draw our text from this morning. This morning, as a preacher, right? Uh, tonight, it's a text that you are going to if you're not already there, as soon as you hear me to start reading it, you're going to recognize it. But I'm going to suggest there's more going on here than maybe we realize. So Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read the first 11 verses. We'll start and stop a little bit uh, just so we kind of get an idea of what's going on. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gisineret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So Jesus is at the edge of Lake Gisineret, the Lake Galilee, and there's a crowd of people. He's teaching them the word of God. Nearby are some fishermen who are washing their nets. He, Jesus, verse 3 of Luke 5 he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who is Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Jesus uses Peter's boat as sort of a floating stage, and he shares the word of God with a group of people who are listening from the, from the shore. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So Jesus tells Peter, set out into deeper water, put down your nets for a catch. Peter is very hesitant. He says, you know, we fished all night. We haven't gotten anything in the way of a bite, a nibble. But then he says, but since you said so, which, by the way, is a great response to what Jesus tells us. Since you said so, it doesn't make any sense to me. In fact, I don't think it's going to work. But since you said so, I'll do it. Peter goes into deeper water, puts his nets down, and he catches such an enormous catch of fish that he can't handle the nets himself. His partners come. They actually fill two boats with fish so full that the boats are in danger of sinking. Verse 8, still in Luke chapter 5. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Again, it is a very familiar story. You've heard a lot of sermons preached on these verses. You've sat through a lot of classes preached or taught on these verses. Jesus is on this boat with Peter. After he tells the people the word of God, he tells Peter, let's go a little bit deeper, uh, try to fish. Uh, it doesn't sound like a suggestion, by the way. He doesn't ask Peter's opinion about what do you think, professional fisherman? Do you want to try it again? Instead, he tells Peter, go into deeper water. Put your nets down for a catch. Peter hesitates. Again, Peter's been fishing all night long. Plus, he just got finished cleaning his nets. You know, it, it, the kitchen is clean. Don't ask me to bake anything else. I've just finished for the day. I'm done. I've cleaned the nets. Jesus says, no, let's go fish some more. Peter was up all night long, certainly tired, probably a little bit cranky. Plus, don't you sort of hate when people tell you how to do something you've been doing all your life? Doesn't it kind of drive you crazy when somebody who doesn't do what you do tells you how to do what you do? Now, I wouldn't tell Tom how to coach basketball. I wouldn't tell Beulah how to handle a classroom full of people. I wouldn't tell somebody who does something for a living how to do what they do for a living. Even though it seems like everybody has a suggestion on how to preach. And usually it's be short. So I do appreciate that. But I want you to look again at Peter's response to Jesus. When that giant catch of fish shows up in these two boats, look again at verse 8 of Luke 5. 
When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. I have read Peter's reaction, falling on his knees, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I've read that reaction. I've thought about that for a long time. And for the most part, I've always pretty much taken it at face value. Um, why did Peter react this way? Why fall on his knees? Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And what I've always thought and what I've always sort of listened to in sermons and classes is, well, Peter now realizes his sinfulness. And Peter now realizes Jesus' holiness. And you know what? There's a real good chance that's exactly what's going on. That might be exactly why Peter reacted this way, falling to his knees, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. But maybe, maybe there's more to it than just that. Maybe there's some other things that are going on in this story. When you look at the entire context of Jesus and Peter going out fishing in the great catch of fish, there's some other dots that sometimes we don't connect. Um, this isn't the first time that Jesus and Peter meet, by the way. Now, a lot of people think, well, this is, you know, they're, 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 they just met each other. They, they, you know, wow, yeah. Peter sees this and says, wow, there's something about this guy. It's not the first time they met. Back up one chapter. Back up to Luke chapter 4. Take a look at what Luke records right before the fishing trip. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. So before the fishing trip, Jesus had been in the synagogue and he went to the home of Simon Peter. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So here's Simon, uh, Jesus in, in Peter's home. Peter's mother-in-law is sick, high fever, and Peter or someone asks Jesus, can you help her? She's sick. Can you help her? Verse 39 of Luke 4. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. But wait, there's more. Verse 40. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, Luke says, not only that, moreover, verse 41, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he, Jesus, rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Okay, let's connect a couple dots here. Peter had to have been with Jesus in his own home with his mother-in-law before the fishing trip. Peter had to have witnessed Jesus healing his mother-in-law, healing everybody else that was brought from the village. Peter had to have witnessed demons being expelled and demons shouting to Jesus, You are the Son of God! That had to have gotten his attention, okay? I mean, that would get your attention, right? You don't see that every day. So, a couple questions to think about. 
Why wasn't Jesus, why wasn't Peter falling on his knees before Jesus back at the house? Why wasn't Peter falling on his knees, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, back when Jesus healed his mother-in-law? Back when Jesus healed all the sick people that were brought to him? Back when Jesus cast out demons who were proclaiming him to be the Son of God? Why Why doesn't Peter have the same kind of reaction in the house as he does on the boat? Why on the boat does it seem that Peter suddenly recognizes the the power and and who Jesus is? Put yourself in in Peter's place for just a minute. Put yourself in in Peter's place when he's on the boat, okay, in Luke chapter 5. Again, he's a fisherman. He does this for a living. Um, A a blue-collar guy, not overly educated, He's probably living pretty much hand-to-mouth. You know, I, I don't think he was a rich guy at all. You know, paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. And suddenly, he strikes pay dirt. <coughs> Excuse me. Not only is this an amazing catch of fish, this is an amazing payday for Peter. I mean, things changed financially for Peter when two boats that are sinking with fish show up. This is a huge payday. Peter had to have been thinking on some level, this is going to make a difference in my life. Whatever financial stress Peter might have been under at that time, it just got a whole lot lighter. Now this is, this is something. Maybe a new house. Maybe a new boat. Now I can pay off some debts finally. I can finally get ahead a little bit. My wife is going to love this. We know Peter had a wife because he had a mother-in-law. We're not sure she's still alive here, but um, I'd like to meet the lady who was married to Peter. <laughs> Could not have been the easiest thing to be married to Peter. And on, but on the other hand, wow, what a guy. And then Jesus looked at Peter in the boat. Jesus looks at Peter. What kind of a look do you think Jesus gave Peter? You know how often you can, con- you can convey something, you can communicate something with just a look? I was just telling uh, somebody this past week, um, in my entire life, and you're not going to believe this, but it's true. In my entire life, I can never remember my father raising his voice at me in anger. Not once. Wow, what a, what a self-disciplined guy. He is, but he had a look. And he had a way of dropping his voice just an octave. And when he gave me that look, and when he dropped his voice a half octave, I knew, Dad is not messing around. <laughs> Pay close attention. You know, to me, that was getting screamed at, just that look. And I wonder, what kind of look did Jesus give Peter, once Peter gets all those fish in those boats, and he looks at Jesus, and Jesus looks at him, do you think Jesus' look was like, wow, look at all the fish. This is amazing. Did not see this coming. 
Wow, Peter, if you've ever seen this many fish in your life before. I don't think that was Jesus' look. I don't think Jesus was a bit surprised that Peter and his friends got all those fish. I mean, let's face it, the fish didn't mean a thing to Peter, or to Jesus. Should have meant something to Peter. Fish didn't mean anything to Jesus. I, I think one look at Jesus, and here's where I'm getting at. Here's where, here's where I think Peter reacted the way he did. I think one look at Jesus, and Peter knew, he's not in my boat to make me a better fisherman. He's not here to help me get out of debt. He's not here to help me get a, a new boat. He's not here to make me rich. That's not the reason that he's here. Peter knew that Jesus wasn't just this guy that, that showed up in his boat and fills up his nets. And, and I think that Peter anticipated what Jesus was about to say. Before he was invited to follow Jesus, I think Peter knew that was coming. And when Jesus said, follow me, what he meant was, leave everything. Put me first. So Peter does this mental exercise, hmm, everything as in my security, my job, my comfort, all these fish, walk away from it. Now, imagine that moment when Peter says on his knees, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. See, I think maybe, I might be way off base on this, but at least it should make you think. I think maybe Peter realized Somebody has to leave here. Either I've got to leave everything or Jesus is going to leave me. Either I've got to leave all this behind or Jesus is going to go on without me. Someone has to leave. And by the way, it happens all the time. It still happens today. Jesus comes into our boats. He fills up our nets. Every good and perfect gift is from above. He, he blesses us. Job promotion. Big pay raise. You know, a, a great new job. And maybe our response is, okay, now get away from me. You know, Thanks for the blessings. Now get away from me. Which means, don't take this away. Okay? I want to enjoy this stuff. Don't take this away from me. Just, just go away and let me enjoy this. Interesting. As a preacher, I have never in my life had, well, let me start it this way. Quite often in my life as a preacher, I've had people get in touch with me and say, would you pray with me? Because I just lost my job. Would you pray for my family? I just lost a whole bunch of hours. Would you, would, you, would you put me on a prayer list? Would, would, would you sit with me and talk with me? Because I don't know how I'm going to pay for my bills. You know, we are really in financial disaster here. I've had that happen several times. Someone says, hey, Tim, could you pray with me? Could you pray for me? Uh, I've lost a lot of, of money. Never once 
Have I ever had anyone say, hey, Tim, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? Because I've just got this incredible windfall of money. Because I just got this huge promotion. And I just got this huge pay raise, or I just got this, this inheritance. I just, you know, I got this money that I wasn't expecting. Would you pray with me and pray for me to help me know how to best use that money? To help me know how to best be a steward of that? How, how to best, uh, you know, in, in invest that money? No one's ever done that. Why? Because it's none of your business, preacher. No, that's personal. Okay, but Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wouldn't it seem natural to ask for God's guidance when we're buried in fish? Just as naturally as we ask for God's help and God's guidance when we lose our security. No, we don't seem to be quite as interested in understanding the will of God when we're buried in blessings as we are when we are without fish. When we're buried in blessings, when everything's going our way, when we're having the best day of our life, we don't usually look for God's will. We look for God's will when things go wrong. We passionately search for the heart of God during the pitfalls. We pretty much ignore the heart of God during the windfalls. Now, rescue us from the bad times. Stay away from us during the good times. Uh, comfort me in my pain. Leave me alone in my happiness and my comfort. We love the idea of, of serving a master who shows up in a boat and fills up our nets. We love the idea of serving a master who blesses us in what we're doing. This is my job. Make it successful. Make it work. We love the idea of serving a master who, who provides for us in ways that we could never imagine. But sometimes, we're a little bit hesitant to listen to a master who says, follow me. Put me ahead of all this stuff. Leave this stuff behind. Seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Put me ahead of your stuff. And if I'm Peter, I'm wondering, why didn't you ask me to follow you back at the house? Why didn't you, why didn't you invite me to follow you, you know, back before this big catch of fish? Why didn't you ask me to follow you when I kind of had nothing when I was scraping, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Why didn't you ask me to follow you? Why didn't you ask me to delete my job when I hated my job? Why did you wait till now? Why did you wait till all the fish were caught to say, okay, you can put this first, you can put me first. Jesus and Peter are standing waist deep in fish. And Jesus says, follow me. Peter says, where? Where I lead you. For how long? And Peter knows it's, it's for life. Peter knows the answer to that question. It's for life. So here's my takeaway. You and I, 
we are standing waist deep in fish. You know we are. We are buried in blessings. And if you don't think that's the case, just ask the 7 billion other people on the earth who would love to trade places with us. We are the ultra rich. We are the mega blessed. We have been buried with fish. And we have a choice. And it's the same choice Peter had to make. We can sit on rocks and count dead fish and we can feel so secure in the moment or we can say, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to put him first. And I don't know what that's going to look like exactly. And I don't know where he's going to lead me exactly. And I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. But my security isn't in the fish. My security and my focus is on Jesus. And I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. You know, in in days like these we're living in, um, man, everybody's so anxious, rightfully so. We're all anxious. I I know so many people, so many of you, you your income is being cut or it is dried up. Your your job, for all intents and purposes, doesn't exist anymore. But we can still follow Jesus. And we can still trust him. See, what I think was going on in the boat, I think Peter was making the decision, I'm falling in love with the giver, not the gifts. There is something very different, very unique, very powerful about the guy in the boat with me. And Peter falls in love with the giver of the gifts, not the gifts. And it changed his life. And it did not play out, I'm sure, like Peter ever would have imagined. But Peter lives an amazing, Jesus-focused, God-centered life that people for the last 2,000 years have been encouraged by and learning from. Look how, uh, verse 11, let me read it again. Um, Chapter 5 of Luke. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. We're going to leave it all. We're going to follow Jesus. And that's my encouragement for uh, tonight. Let me end with a prayer and then stay with me just for a little bit. I'll make a couple comments. Father, we are so thankful that you know what's best for us. And you have challenged us and you have invited us to a life that is beyond measure. And it is beyond anything we could possibly imagine for ourselves. But it comes with a catch um, for us to be obedient and for us to follow Jesus. And I pray for the wisdom to see a much bigger picture. And I pray for the faith to step out and take those first few steps to seek the kingdom first. Help us as we go through um, this very difficult time. I pray that you would continually strengthen us, encourage us, give us patience, give us wisdom, uh, increase our faith, fill us with a greater measure of your spirit as we, uh, as we try to be like Jesus during uh, these days. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen. Hey, before, uh, before I sign off here, let me remind you of a couple things. Um, prayer request. 
Jimmy and Renee said they're praying for Lauren. She has a fellowship and has not had a thing to report to Emory. Okay. It looks like that might change. Okay. Um, Jimmy and Renee are sharing a prayer request to pray for Lauren. Um, uh, has some things going on professionally uh, that deal with some pretty high stakes. She's a physician and uh, just uh, some, 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 uh, a lot of chips are on the table. And so be praying for Lauren that that situation can work itself out. And uh, I know Lauren well enough to know her heart that she's going to do the right thing. But uh, I pray that, uh, you know, let's be praying that other people do the right thing and the right things happen. Not um, medical staff. Uh, and, and yeah, and Martha's reminded me all of our medical staff and all of our nurses and all of, uh, all, of, all of you who are on the front line out there and exposed, you know, just to a lot of people every day. Um, boy, we're, we're praying God's protection and God's blessings on you. Um, I'll remind you, check vital concern. This isn't the format to get into details on what prayer requests are, but be checking vital concern. I also want to make you aware of something. The big group, Bible Interactive Group, the daily Bible reading today, April 1st, starts the brand new season of the Bible Interactive Group, starting with Genesis chapter 1. This is the perfect time to jump in, not just because it's in Genesis chapter 1, starting the, you know, at the very beginning, but also we got more time on our hands, right? Um, what a great opportunity to jump on and be a part of this. Uh, you can contact George Klein. Uh, check out the group on Facebook, um, the, the big B-I-G, Bible Interactive Group. Uh, but George can get you um, uh, signed up in that. And it's really great. You have... Uh, on Facebook, you'll get a prompt every day with the Bible verse. You can listen to it. You don't even have to read it. You can put it on in your in your car. Although you're not driving anywhere, so uh, you can listen to it while you're you know on your back porch, um, and um, and we can interact with it. You can make comments there about the reading for the day, and and our group will see that. So jump on board with that. I know a lot of you have, and a lot of you already are. The other thing I want to remind you of is. There are virtual small groups going on right now. And I, I really want to say thank you to those leaders who have taken in the initiative to contact their group and they're meeting on, online, on Zoom, those kind of things. There are some more of those that are right around the corner and they're coming up. If you would like to be involved in a small group online, um, let us know. Either call the office or um, make a comment here for that matter, or get in touch with me, and you know, it doesn't matter where you are geographically, uh, but we can, uh, we can make sure that you're in one of those groups that are meeting, because it's really important to stay connected. Uh, those of you who are, and, and, and I said this before, in the past I had just been a social media hermit, um, but I really am trying, because I'm starting to see, I know there's a dark side to it and all those things, but I am starting to see how encouraging it can be. And all of those of you who are texting each other, who are sending Facebook messages and comments, uh, all of you card senders out there, what a wonderful ministry you're involved in. My dad got a couple cards this past week. Dad doesn't go anywhere. Um, you know, he's just, he's at home. Um, and he got a couple cards, so uh, some phone calls. Uh, thanks, Peggy, and some others for doing that. Um, it really meant a lot to him. 
Uh, I got a card just today. Thanks, Odell. It really meant a lot to me. So do what you can do to stay connected. Uh, text each other. Check up on each other. I know so many of you are doing that. And um, it really does, uh, it really means something. So Sunday morning, uh, 10 o'clock, we'll be back together in our big virtual world for worship. Um, we will keep you updated on the options for that. I think there's going to be some extra options besides Facebook Live for that. But um, let's keep praying for each other as well. Producer, anything else that I'm missing? Uh, do they know, which we didn't, about the share button? I shared yours and you have two friends watching. Martha said there's a share button on Facebook uh, down at the lower left-hand corner of your page. You can share it to your page. She did that and a couple... Two of your friends. Two of my friends that... That I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, checking me out and saying, boy, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't have any hair. But, uh, yeah. Hey, have a great rest of the week. God bless you. I love them. Uh, uh, we love you all. And I know you love us and each other as well. God bless.